When you feel seen and heard, there comes a level of respect with that automatically. Vulnerability, it's scary. But it is powerful, and those are moments that people will remember for the rest of their lives. What are some of those traits or characteristics that really stand out to you that are respect-worthy? Who are those people in your life that you respect? What is it about them that you respect? And really think about, are you emulating that in your own life? Welcome back to Unapologetic Rebel Rousers. We are wrapping up our series on mutual respect today. So Carl, I'm going to turn it over to you to do a little recap and set up this episode because you do that so well. Oh, well, thank you. You're welcome. We've spent some time covering, it's really quite a touchy topic when you think about the fact that respect is not something that just happens. It's about whether or not we're worthy of it and how do we demonstrate that. And there are there's the plus side that says we have earned it, we've gained it, we hold it. And there's the other side that says we have done or somehow egregiously messed with the, with the trust that was in place, with the respect that was there. So what we've done in these first episodes is we talked about really what defining respect and the importance of mutual respect and the responsibilities that come with that. We also gave rather tongue-in-cheek, but there are those of you who might have been taking close notes about the top five ways to lose respect. And just for those who may not have taken notes during that session, I'm going to give you a real quick recap. (laughs) The first one we discussed was disregarding feelings and being either oblivious to or consciously ignoring. You don't matter. (laughs) Is essentially the message that comes through. Right. So you want to lose respect of others, go ahead and disregard their feelings. The second one was dishonesty and deception. Liars. Yes, and I shared a story about um, a contractual arrangement that ended up costing me a lot of time and money and grief, but the notion of what happens when somebody lies to you, when somebody deceives you. And the impact that can have on not just that relationship, but other relationships going forward. Absolutely. I have not done this particular company any favors. I've also not done them any harm. Because I did not go out and say, okay, you know what, avoid these people. When people ask for my opinion, I'll provide it, but I'm not going to go out and, I just, I can't do that. You didn't go out and write a big Google review or No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Dishonesty and deception, though, are a great way for you to blow away whatever respect might exist for you. The third one was disloyalty and betraying someone's trust. And you had a big experience about that, where it was just, no. And so you want, if you want to, go ahead and be disloyal. Have two faces. Have the one that shows the positive side and have the one that's your action side that doesn't follow through, that there's no harmony between the two. The fourth was arrogance and condescension. My favorite. Yeah? What makes it your favorite? I think because I study human behavior so much that it is just fascinating to me when people put themselves above others for no good reason. (laughs) 
just, you know, we are all human beings. We should just all honor that. And I just, I find it fascinating. And I think oftentimes it's because people put up walls and I love a good challenge. So I'm like, I'm going to break that down. (laughs) Or die trying. Exactly. And the fifth, though not the last, but the fifth one that we talked about was failure to take responsibility. Just no. Wasn't me. It's not my problem. You're going to have to look somewhere else to place the blame. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of ways we can lose respect. And these are just very common top five. There, there's probably a hundred other ways that, that you can lose respect for people or people can lose respect for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we talk about how to restore respect when it's lost, whether we lost it with someone else or they've lost it for us. I think that's a good next step. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Some five, since we went with five ways to lose it, <laughs> let's go with five. Again, is not the exhaustive list, but let's go with five. That's ways. a lot of pressure. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. So the first thing might be, if you recognize it, you need to acknowledge that there was a breach. Yes. Something that interfered with the ability to maintain some mutual respect. You need to acknowledge it. And that's hard. It is hard. And what are some things that you look for when there's been a breach of respect? Like, how do you know? And we covered actually at some length that whole notion about how do you know when it's gone? Yeah. Is it something that happens over time? Is it something that you know in the moment? Is it something that after you've stewed for a while, it just kind of bubbles up? What, do you, what are you looking at? How is it feeling? What do you see? What do you think? What do you do? Yeah, and I think some people stew on it so long that by the time they've recognized what it is, and it is a breach of respect, they don't know what to do about it because now it's been so long that now is it even worthy of a conversation? And I would say, yes, it's always worthy of a conversation. And then there's those small instances of a breach of respect where sometimes you think, oh, maybe that person's just having a bad day. So we kind of excuse it, but then we don't acknowledge it and that person keeps having that quote-unquote bad day. Mm, okay. So I'm all about trying to address it in the moment because I don't want somebody to think that it's okay to continue that poor behavior mm-hmm. or that level of disrespect. And if it was just a bad day, cool, let's have a conversation about it. You can tell me I'm having a really crappy day and I apologize and I won't do that again. Or get over yourself. That's who I am and that's going to continue to happen. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, so it's taking responsibility. It's recognizing it. You've acknowledged the breach. You recognize that there's a need to address this. You apologize, and you take responsibility for reparations, which may just mean a conversation. Yeah, and I think all of these come down to a conversation. So I think the second act act is that apology. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about apologies in our last episode. And I think one thing that we didn't talk about when we talked about apologies was apologizing 
and then changing your behavior is the second part of the apology. Because I cannot tell you how many times I've heard people apologize for something, and then they keep on doing it. Like And they keep on doing it. And they keep on doing it. And they keep apologizing. And they'll apologize 22 times for that same behavior, but they keep on doing that same behavior. So if if you're going to take the time to apologize, then change the behavior. I literally said to a boss one time, he would swear around me all the time. I can curse with the best of them. I don't care. It does not bother me. Every time he'd leave a meeting, I was the only woman in the room, and he'd look at me and he'd say, I'm sorry, young lady, and he'd leave. And I charged after him one day, and I said, George, what, why do you keep apologizing to me? And he said, because I keep swearing, and you shouldn't swear around ladies. Well, I don't care. You're probably offending more of the men in the room than you are me. <laughs> I said, but I don't care. But what I do care about is the fact that you keep apologizing and you keep on doing it. He literally stuck out his hand and he said that I'm going to stop apologizing. And I said, cool, we're good. He never apologized and he never changed his behavior. But it didn't bother me. But what bothered me was that consistent apology. (laughs) And consistently ignoring. Ignoring the impact that he seemed to think he was having. (laughs) So apologizing and taking the responsibility to actually change your behavior. So important. Okay. Because that, with that is some level of sincerity in your apology, right? Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, not that, not just that, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. See you next time. I love when kids apologize because they'll come up and they'll be like, my mom told me I should apologize to you, so I'm sorry. And I, and I will ask, what are you sorry for? I don't know. <laughs> Good talk. (laughs) Some of those kids are 50 years old. Exactly. Exactly. The third one. So you've acknowledged the breach. You've apologized and you're taking responsibility for informed action. The third one is to demonstrate empathy and understanding. Now, how the heck do you do that? (laughs) Whenever I hear empathy, I can't help but think about Brene Brown. Mm. Absolutely love this woman. Um, She's a fabulous author and researcher. And when she talks about empathy, she talks about it from a place of vulnerability and that you have to be vulnerable in order to be empathetic. And it has to come from a place where you dig deep to your own feelings so that you can relate on some level with somebody else that's having feelings about something. That's what empathy is, is being able to connect on a really deep level. You don't have to have the same exact experience, but somewhere, somewhere in your being, you have something that can connect and relate to that person. And being able to express empathy. I may not know exactly what you're going through, I've experienced something similar, so I want to understand I can relate in some at some level. Really helps people feel seen and heard, and when you feel seen and heard, there comes a level of respect with that, just kind of automatically. And that vulnerability, it's, it's rather scary mm-hmm. for some. Yeah. And sometimes for anyone. So vulnerability is really a strength. Absolutely. You're connected at the core. You're a person. They're a person. You may never have gone through what they're going through, but you've been through something that felt crappy. And you can relate even just at that level. And there is such connection and strength and even courage that can come from saying, 
Look, I can't appreciate what you're going through personally, but I've been through something that I think I felt a lot like you're feeling right now. So it's just on that level, just on my cellular level, I can relate. Yeah, and I think when it when somebody's sharing something and they're being empathetic or they're sharing their feelings and they're sharing something that they may be distressed about, it's important to acknowledge I may not experience exactly what you're experiencing, I can relate, without stealing their story. Right? We had that conversation one time. Yeah, and I, it's so important to just be in their story. Don't take it away from them. Let them have that story. And that provides a really deep, respectful connection for people. I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of a really good listener. Yes. Damn, does it feel good. Because I spend time with you. Well, well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But it really, it feels really good when someone stays in your moment instead of trying to steal it to say, this is how and why I relate to you. In that moment, I don't give a shit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I want you to connect with me and how I feel. I don't need to swap out of my story to all of a sudden be empathetic towards your story. And it's, I think, it's almost a knee-jerk reaction where we can say, oh, I know what you're going through because here's what happened to me. Right. And we don't mean any harm by it. No. We think we're connecting. (laughs) But we're really not. No. No. It's actually dismissing what that individual is is involved in at that moment. And it's like, oh, great. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Can we get back to me now? (laughs) (laughs) But it... um, it is hard to be vulnerable. It is, it can be challenging to connect with people on that deep level, especially for people who don't do that. A lot of people didn't grow up in families where feelings are discussed. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know how to label their feelings. It's hard. And to sit with somebody who's feeling really emotional and just sit and listen and connect and understand, it's hard but it is powerful, and those are moments that people will remember for the rest of their lives. Yes, because they won't remember what you said or what you did, but they will remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And this is about respect. Yes. So we move from demonstrating that empathy and understanding and being vulnerable, both to our own feelings and, and those of another, and that is to commit to doing what it is you say you are going to do. Thanks. I know. I know. So you mentioned it earlier, right? People who just keep apologizing (laughs) and keep repeating, like Groundhog Day is the same behavior. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. We talked about that. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Did it again. Oh, whoops. So a big piece of regaining the respect that may have been lost is to demonstrate the adjusted behavior consistently don't go back don't just do one and done it's not how it happens <laughs> so we we talked about the lady leader that yes. had severed that trust relationship that respect mm-hmm. with 1200 leaders plus the rest of the company she changed she was aware she became aware she acknowledged the breach she apologized she yeah. took responsibility she demonstrated empathy and understanding she was incredibly vulnerable and she made a commitment that said no this is the culture 
that I want us to have in this company. You have to listen to the last episode to get this whole story. But the thing that was the breach for her was the inconsistency that she demonstrated very publicly. Very publicly. One time. Yeah, and and it was kind of an egregious mm-hmm. breach. And I love how she corrected it because she did all those things we just talked about. And it's not to say you're going to be perfect going forward. We are we're human beings. And I think the differentiator is that vulnerability of saying, I'm going to try my best to not do this again. And when I do, you can help hold me accountable to that. You have that permission to call me in on my poor behavior when I do this again. Because I can't promise you I won't, but I'm going to try my darndest. Mm -hmm. And when you do do it again, recognize it. And when somebody calls you in on it, thank them for it. Mm And recommit to, I'm going to keep trying my best here. I'm a human being. I'm going to falter. I'm going to fail. I'm going to misstep. (laughs) Because I'm changing a behavior. I can't just change it overnight. No. (laughs) No, There will be missteps. And that gets back to, okay, it's not that you're consciously ignoring the requirement for consistency in the commitment you make to regain the respect, to... um, Un, unring the bell. Right. <clears throat> There's so much that goes into self-awareness, really. Mm-hmm. And that, that's going to go back to episodes ago where we talked about that self-reflection mm-hmm. and becoming aware. We can become aware of the tripwire <laughs> before we actually trip it. So there's so much to be to be gained as we reflect on this. Absolutely. And then the the last well not the last one, but the last one we're gonna talk about today is really about thinking about the people you respect. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question at you. We okay. didn't prepare for this. So this is just off the cuff. But what are think about somebody that you respect. What are some of those traits or characteristics that really stand out to you that are respect-worthy? Being heard. You know when somebody is really listening. And you know when they are they're leaning into the conversation. They're not leaning in waiting for the next breath you take so that they can shoot some more words into that space. But being heard. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is the number one. Yeah. And I had the distinct privilege of working with a leader we both know who I approached this. She was a vice president of a very large company, and I approached her from a position nowhere near a vice president. (laughs) (laughs) But I had this burning question that I wanted to ask and out of nowhere I encountered this vice president and I walked up in a quiet moment and I said I would like to introduce myself and I I would so appreciate five minutes of your time to talk about how I think my organization is messing around with the foundation of what you are trying to create. She just met me. (laughs) I am, who the heck am I? 
she, she eye contact listened, was appreciative of the fact that I had approached her and of the conversation and invited me to go and speak with her, called her office, get some time on the calendar, which I did. And I asked for five when I was there in the first meeting, but I saw her in the elevator between that and when I actually got to go sit with her. I said, could I turn the five into 15? She said, you can take all the time you want. (laughs) And so I went in and had the most incredible conversation. And it was person to person, even though it was vice president to me. And that never wavered. The consistency of that behavior, of reaching out and asking, being interested, demonstrating that you mattered. So I think being heard, being listened to, and you know you're being listened to, and not just somebody waiting to get their two cents in as soon as you take a half a breath would be the biggest. How about for you? Yeah, I would double down on that. And I would say somebody who is consistent in what they say they're going to do and they do it. I learned most of my leadership lessons from the crappy leaders that I Mm. had. Uh, Oh, indeed. (laughs) And I've had a lot of them. I had some really great ones, but I had a lot of really bad leaders. And For me, consistency is huge because as a worker, as an individual contributor, or as a leader who still reports to somebody, I need to know that when I come to you, I shouldn't have to spend a whole lot of time thinking about, I'm going to have to say it this way if it's this person today, or I'm going to have to say it this way if this person shows up today, or I'm going to have to say it this way. I shouldn't have to be on pins and needles when I walk into your office. Because it's the same person. It's the same person. You just got 28 different personalities. Um, (laughs) Not literally, but, you know, she wasn't diagnosed. But but maybe she should have been. I don't know. Um, (laughs) There was was just a lot of inconsistency with a particular person. But but I I lose respect very quickly for people who say they're going to do something and then they don't. Mm -hmm. They don't follow through. Mm -hmm. Or they say they're going to do something and they do something completely opposite. And I get that things change and situations changes and maybe you got different information. But come back and have a conversation with me when you're going to not follow through on a commitment. So for me, that follow through and the consistency is huge. And I, I like I said, I, I double down on the listening. So for, for you as our listeners and viewers, I would encourage you to think about who are those people in your life that you respect? Family, friends leaders that you've experienced what is it about them that you respect and really think about are you emulating that in your own life are you demonstrating that when you sit down at the end of the day and you ask yourself that question we've talked about are your words and actions worthy of respect are they thanks doc shelley and carla We'll see you next time. When you sit down at the end of the day and you ask yourself, are your words and actions worthy of respect? Are they?